Yeah, 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 live from the iFly El Paso Studios in El Paso, Texas. It's the Wazi Circus Radio. My guest today is Anthony Bella, owner and founder of the West Texas Paramotor School and a buddy of mine. What up, man? Hey, hey, thanks, man. I was like so excited to come here. Like this whole week, ever since you asked me, you're like, hey, you want to come and do the podcast on Thursday? He's full of shit. I've been I know. Six, <laughs> six fucking months to do this show. <laughs> Dude, I was lit. I was like, I, I, I like never, I stopped listening to music in the car, but I was just jamming out the whole way here because I'm nice. just pumped, man. Nice, nice. Yeah. So we were on the live just now talking about um, for your school and your students, you're doing a keto program so you can show big boys that they can slim up and fly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like really interesting because like there's so many people who want to get into the world of paramotoring. And I think the demographic of people who get into paramotoring are typically older than than those who get into skydiving like what i noticed when i was doing the skydiving was that there's a lot of young people maybe in their 20s or 30s maybe some even like starting at their 18th birthday getting into skydiving but in paramotoring the cost to get into paramotoring even though it's like one of the most affordable ways to fly it's still really expensive as you and i both know the entry so so by the time somebody can afford it they're usually 50 years old they're not as lean, mean fighting machine as they used to be, and so I, I mean, we don't we don't do like a ton of numbers. Like currently, the school is still young, relatively young, like two years old, and so I feel like, man, when I listen to certain people talk about how they want to be able to fly, it's like paramotoring is physically demanding, like super yes. physically demanding when it comes to taking off and landing. Uh, yeah. And all that extra weight that a lot of people end up carrying later on in life can, right, right. can end up hurting them. So, so yeah. no, it, it's an idea that I'm toying with, with, with like seeing if I can work with some people. Like I'm, I'm by no means a nutritionist or, or whatever. I'm just kind of taking my own personal journey, see if I can shed some weight, see if it works, and hopefully get people who really, really want to be able to fly, who who can't fly safely yet to a weight that allows them to be able to fly. So motivation. We have guys do it here all the time. They'll come with their families yeah. and like dad won't be able to fly. Here. Right? Here. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah, in the tunnel. 260, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. A lot of guys are over 260. Most right. guys are over 260. Yeah. Right? But you can see it in their eyes. Some guys are broken, right. but some guys are determined and that guy will be back in a couple months and he'll be with his kids like, I lost 20 pounds for this and they're really stoked about it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So like last, last week, or actually it was this week, uh, a guy called me from, oh, I don't know, I, f I forgot what state he called me from, but I spent like two hours on the phone with him. The guy is six foot eight, 380 pounds. Good God. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big dude. It's a big dude. But uh, you can have people who are like, you know, like really struggling and thinking, man, well, 380 pounds, like realistically, you'd want to get down to 250 or lower to for it to be ideal. Um, but... Right. If you have that, if you have that, like, you know, the imagination, like, it all starts, like, for myself included, to be able to get into flying. It's like this just intense dream of being able to right. run into the sky. But, I mean, some of these guys can't even run. I mean, right, right. Um, so. Good question. The 250, is that... Is that engine thrust or is that wing limitation? Because you can just get a big-ass Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So... The 250 for us is like, if somebody, the, the heavier somebody gets, factually speaking, the more likely they are to get injured d during training. Now you can have, as I'm sure you're well aware, you've probably seen some big dudes who can just like, 
endure and, 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 and push through it. But statistically speaking, there's going to be far fewer people who are, you know, really heavy, who will find training easy. Well, I don't think anybody's going to find it easy, but the weight right. doesn't help to, to do that. But right. like you were saying, you were saying about like, uh, is there like an actual limitation on the equipment that prevents people who are heavy from being able to fly? Right. And the answer is, well, kind of. So like in the world of paramotoring, we fly these rinky dink two stroke engines that are, you know, problematic. They're... They've come down in weight a lot over the years. And so the solution, like you said, is, yeah, just try and, you know, get their wing loading uh, much uh, lower. I mean, higher. 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 Right. Higher so that the thrust will then still allow them to climb. But but we're also facing another problem here in El Paso being that we're already at 4,000 feet. So Mm -hmm. the molecular density of the air makes it so that they're going to have to run even faster um, and they're going to be moving faster in the air when it comes to a landing. So if you're it, let's like, hypothetically speaking, if you were 180 pounds, you could re- like, you know, in tolerate the speed that comes with the altitude here. But I, I think everything gets easier if you weigh man less. These landings here are fast, dog. Even in the wind, you still come in <laughs> yeah. hot, son. Yeah. And it's yeah. still and it's a lot of glide. So it's it's like it never ends and then you're on the ground running. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's nutty. Yeah. So learning here, I couldn't imagine learning here. It must be a little tougher. Yeah. I mean, so the majority of people who learn, so like something a lot of people when they get into paramotoring will be drawn to certain schools in ideal locations. But the reality is, is like, then everybody goes back to their hometown where they're exactly. going to be flying. And it's like nothing like they want. So for example, when I learned how to fly paramotors, I learned in Austin. And, Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where? At Lone Star Paramotor. Who had that then? Where was that at? Ron Torrance. So it's actually kind of like outside of Austin. It's a place called Kyle. Uh-huh. Kyle, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, it's weird. Is, is that the Nirvana guys? The, that so so Kit Kit Harrington yeah, and Chris guys. they all know Ron but now they've got Paradactyl which like okay. if somebody was going to learn in Austin like right. I would go to to Kit and Chris and right. those guys are are like super cool um, but no it, it, it Lone Star Paramotor and we were supposed to learn in Austin but the weather was all wacky so we ended Always. up going to Galveston uh, out to the beach in Galveston beautiful but the problem is 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 you've got this it, it's almost like like the wind tunnel like yeah, you've got this cheating. perfect you've got this perfect environment to learn and it's great like i mean uh, like i was watching your boys like shred and yeah. I, I imagine the day that they get into skydiving they're just going to be like brilliant they're gonna be over it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> like i'm gonna go back to the tunnel or whatever. Yeah. but no when, when somebody goes to learn how to fly a paramotor if you're in these like perfect conditions so like the majority of people who are learning how to fly paramotors do end up going to the beach like if you look around, you know, at, at the more popular schools, even if it's in Florida, like Aviator PPG has become one of the biggest uh, paramotoring schools out there. They're at virtually sea level. And then it, for myself, when I was at Galveston, of course, I was at sea level. I was on the beach. And then I, I came back here to El Paso and it's like, ooh, whoa, you're running so much faster. And the, the biggest thing that makes paramotoring challenging once you leave an environment like the beach is because those those coastal winds give you such perfect laminar, laminar conditions air. and it's like you 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 could you you could essentially suck at paramotoring only to find out i mean only to find out that you suck when you get home because 
there's so much more to it. That is the story of my life. Yeah, yeah. We would go down to uh, Puerto Ranzas and fly for like a couple days straight. Puerto Ranzas? Puerto Ranzas. It's straight south of Austin. It's um, near Corpus Christi, Galveston. Oh, nice, nice. Same thing. And we'd fly, uh, you know. Rip the beach all day, up and down, smooth laminar air. You guys, the water's, the air's coming off the ocean. The ocean's flat. So right. The wind is flat and smooth. Right. Right? Okay, they're good out there. I'm actually still running the tunnel while I'm sitting here. <laughs> Multitasking, <laughs> Multitasking machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I got back to Austin, and like, it's called the hill country. Oh, yeah. Right? So like, the wind's coming at you crazy, so and it's Rolling over and, everything. And, oh, my. Yeah. so hard to launch. I, it was just, it was terrible. But right. you go to the beach... You think you're king. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You're like, oh, I'm a yeah. boss at this. I can yeah, carry exactly. a motor. It's crazy. Right. Um, learning your field. There was something about launching here. It's a little, okay, you do have to move a little bit faster. And I'm not that fast of a runner. Right. But the wind isn't very shifty. It's kind of smooth up up by my house. Well, well that... That's common in the mornings, right? So, right. like, That's like the if you, time I fly, yeah, right. In paramotoring, unlike skydiving, which was really interesting to me, when somebody was like, "You can skydive at twelve o'clock in the afternoon," it's like, "Well, get out of here! You're serious?" <laughs> like in 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 paramotoring, right? in paramotoring, you just won't. I mean, but, but we're well. Dell says we can. Well, yeah, of course he does. <laughs> Jeez, I'm crow. <laughs> Dell Shanzi. <laughs> I didn't even mean to bring Dell up. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a it's a funny thing that man. Yeah. But when when it comes to, like like paramotoring is is essentially like the a sibling to paragliding, but in paragliding. There's so much more tolerance for risky uh, environmental conditions, like like with the weather, uh, for example, like those para the paragliders, being that they don't have the motor, they don't have a, a a thrust device that can get them up in the air. They're dependent on moving air, like right. like thermals or ridge lift, things that we intentionally avoid because we have the the power of the paramotor which affords us an opportunity to fly in buttery smooth air right where they need the wind right 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 but it, it, it's like it's like in i, I mean I, I suppose any discipline where y you can you can push pedal to the metal or you can take a more conservative route and stay safe mm -hmm. and it just so happens to be that in paramotoring the safer the conditions you you fly in the more enjoyable it is i mean i can't imagine anybody right. who's like no i prefer turbulent conditions it's like no no way dude well i'm self-trained people because i have a bunch of skydives and i thought i could just do it so it took me years it's an interesting years, topic years yeah um man just i forget what, were we, what, was, what, well, was, what was it well you were talking about how you're self-trained yeah but before that what were we just talking about <laughs> the beach oh, oh, oh lift lift paragliding and paramotoring and how yeah, like turbulent condition flying when it's oh, bumpy okay. so so i never learned how to forward launch it was such a weird thing for me mm -hmm. i couldn't even fathom it i yeah. learned reverse right, right, right launching right. but i learned reverse launching speed flying parachutes not paragliders you're running them off of mountains or something yeah yeah yeah. really yeah all day oh that's cool <laughs> but we just used the rear risers to steer that's how paramotoring started that's how paragliding yeah. started it was like right. skydiving type stuff and, and then we just turn around grab the toggles and go right yeah so i was used to reverse launches right right right. so if the wind wasn't above seven i couldn't fly yeah and yeah. seven was too low 
because it's right. like it's hard to struggle. So I only flew in ten and ten to twelve was my. I wouldn't even go out unless there was a ten. Yeah, and I would fly in garbage all the time, but I didn't know. I was just happy I was flying. Well, in a skydive canopy, no, 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 my paramotor. Oh, okay, okay. I'm talking about on my paramotor oh, because I couldn't forward launch. Right. I could only reverse, so I would only go out if it was ten plus. Right. Right. right? right. And you know. 13, 15 is too high. And what did that result with? Like, ultimately, it was bumpier conditions, I'm sure. It was I'm bumpier, sure. but I, I got to fly. Yeah. And very soft landings, and I got used to bumps. So now that I have the Maverick you you helped me get, and the, with the freaking Moster on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, it's like a Night ninja on your back. Um, Like, the launches are easy, you right. know? So I can fly in zero wind. Now I can understand the butter wind and why everybody wants no wind, but I never knew what that was before. Right, right, right. Because right. I couldn't forward launch because I didn't get training. Right. You know? Yeah, and that and that's like like a, a interesting topic is like I over over the years I've had people who've reached out to me and they're like, is training important? And the answer is is like for most people it is, but there are a select few like people like yourself or there are some others like you know Matt Matt Matt's a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. the, a mechanical god. He's just really skilled with these uh, engines, but he taught himself. But he has that sort of mindset that you and him share where you can probably pace yourself to some extent because if if you're the sort of person who who doesn't omp- uh, uh, comprehend the risk involved uh, of of putting this extremely dangerous this thing the potential danger oh, of a paramotor Jesus. behind yeah. your back with how fast that propeller's spinning it has certainly chopped a lot of people uh like extremities uh fingers faces everything yeah, just like chop things off. So some people can learn how to fly paramotors, but it's a very small percentage. And if anybody has any sort of doubts, then you probably want to get an instructor to, to well, taking the long taking the long road, man. I would go ahead and just pay for the damn training. Just do it. Like for when Jackson is very close, my thirteen year old, he's going to be right. flying soon. Yeah, I will be paying you to teach him. I'm not going to self train. All right, on man. Well, just because I've, I've been with your, been around your school, and like, right. I like your you you teach the way you teach the safety and the clipping in. You you know the the cadence and shit. I had to learn on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And to have somebody walk you through that is so good. Well, because the expectation the expectation for somebody when they're learning how to skydive or fly a paramotor is that they can be safe doing it. Essentially. An instructor is somebody who's there to somewhat provide them with the mental reassurance that they're going to be okay learning how to do something that's so crazy, whether it is skydiving or paramotoring. It's like you're sending yourself up. We're not birds. Like we're so high up that it's kind of crazy. So, so for me with training, like where I suppose I pride myself the most is not so much in, don't get me wrong. I definitely teach the technical aspects of it, like the physics and in the how to fly. But for so many people, it's overcoming that fear like there's a lot of fear involved with it, just like people who skydive. Like myself, mm-hmm. when I went to go uh, out to Austin area to go learn how to fly with with Jared, he and I both were having like nightmares yeah, leading up to it. Were. Like, and you had a bunch of tunnel time, and you knew how and to fly flying paramotors. Yeah, yeah and you know how to flip par- fly hundreds parachutes. and hundreds of hours of flying paramotors, and, and I'm still, still nervous. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it still seems kind of crazy. So, so like here, here we go with an instructor. You have a guy with headphones on you and a radio, and when you take off, he's like, relax, arms up, engine yeah, smooth, out. all that shit, <laughs> right? He's in your ear. I had no one. Right. Dude, I'm just gunning it. Scared, fucking yeah. my heart in yeah. my throat, like leaning back in the harness, thinking I'm... It was so scary, but... But yeah. you're massively advantaged, like, even for you, to go from, from skydiving to paramotoring, it's like, when I think about the ideal sort of student, if somebody skydives, like... 
there's going to be some things that we need to make sure are clear with how you know how but much inputs you put in. Right. Um, but but yeah, but the the way that they behave is is relatively similar. Like the, yeah. the paraglider in a in a skydiving canopy. Right. Kinda. But a perfect example, Mudbug. Shout out Mudbug. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> He saw me flying the DZ. He asked me what was up with it. I let him put the engine on his back a couple times and walk around with it. Yeah. I showed him how to forward launch and uh-huh. reverse kite for like two days. He bought a rig. He's been flying ever since. Yeah. You know, so if you, you know, if you have a friend that'll teach you for free, that's even better. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, that's hard to come oh, by. And, and exactly. Like if, if you know somebody, like even to your listeners, if you know somebody who knows how to fly uh, uh, a a paramotor and they seem like somebody who has your best interest in mind, then it's not necessarily a bad route. Right. Um, but not everybody knows somebody who, who flies paramotors. Right. Or have the engine they were willing to let you put on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like that's a big risk. Jeff Gowie out in Austin. If you guys would get hold of Jeff and then Ryan Gloka is out there. And if y'all want to come out here, we got Anthony Vela. So um, let's go back. So, and a great tunnel. So you can come out here Learn paramotoring, and in our off time, we'll come over here to iFly. <laughs> yeah, hey, for, for sure. They're shredding right now. They're, they're taking classes. I don't know if I should be taking classes. <laughs> ah, man. Yo, um, the paraglider, they search out thermals. They search out ridge soaring, okay? Now, we put on the paramotor, and we avoid those things. Why? Is the extra weight, is our wings different? Could we ridge soar? Yeah, for and, sure, and I have. Right. Yeah, I think I saw a video of you trying to get yeah. ordered by the bird, the the yeah, bus. and failed. Like, like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've so like with with um, partial success. I mean, so paramotor gliders. So an interesting thing is, is like okay, so skydiving canopies are different from uh, paramotor wings, and paramotor wings are different from paragliding wings. I mean, you right. can fly; they they are somewhat interchangeable. Like you can fly a. Uh, paragliding wing with a paramotor, but it's not what it's it's intended to do. And the, the difference is the key difference between a paramotor wing and a paraglide, a dedicated paragliding wing, is that the paragliding wing maximizes on efficiency. So it's all about lift. Right. Where the paramotor wing is a lot more about speed. So, but it, it comes at a cost of giving up the the lift. And it also are our, our gliders because one other like staple difference between paramotor wings and paraglider wings is that paramotor wings have reflex technology. It's one of the things that, from an an anatomy perspective of our gliders, is is just totally different from paraglider wing. Reflex technology is essentially. Um, the technology built into a paramotor wing that allows the trailing edge of the glider to come up in the back if it were to surge forward too far, that would then create a collapse. So it's like... Is that... But I thought Dell said you can't push a wing up. Oh, <laughs> freaking <laughs> Dell. <laughs> it's so it. funny. <laughs> you know, a funny story about Dell. Like, Dell is the individual who would throw reflex under the bus at any opportunity. In fact, he calls it hoax flex. Hoax flex, yeah. Yeah, he, every, every, glider, every glider that is not a dominator, which is a, a spinoff of a U-turn, which is a, a glider manufacturer, a long time ago, he got a deal with, with U-turn. They rebranded it. It's a, it's a U-turn glider. They just put Dominator on it. And because he's so he's so um, self-absorbing, uh, uh, egotistical, if you don't fly that specific wing, you are you are uh, you're, you're you're flying a death trap. That's what right, he also calls them. Calls them de- like, all right, so guys, 
paramotor world is completely different than the skydiving world. It is savage. And they talk. Imagine. Imagine the owners of PD making a video like Micron is a death machine. Anybody that flies that's an idiot. Right. If Ridiculous. you don't fly yeah. this gear, yeah, it's dude. Paramotor world is out of this world. Dale Shans, the best paramotor paramotor pilot on earth. <laughs> that's what he calls himself. Allegedly. Right? Allegedly. <laughs> you gotta check out his videos. I hate to send people to it, but you gotta hear him talk. And shit. he is really good at flying. Like he is he's extremely talented. Okay. Del Shanzi. And his kid is too. Trevor. No, no, so Trevor's actually a nephew. I actually Oh really? I, I really like Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Trevor's so, dope. Yeah, so Trevor Trevor like I, I guess was taken under the wing of Dell right. when he started the school. Which is his school is called Super Training, yeah. and they go out to Galveston. Uh-huh. I they think go out to do Super to, Training, to yeah. do Super Training out there at the beach. Um, but but Trevor eventually reached a point where other people were offering to let him fly other brands of of gliders. He he had he had served his uncle faithfully for so long, but eventually when he was starting to try out these other gliders. He was objectively finding that these other gliders were, were really impressive, like super impressive. <laughs> right. Now, not this is the reason why Dell is is capable of making things look so awesome on a Dominator. It's just like in the skydiving world, he overloads it like crazy. So, like the mm. wing loading is so yeah, high. Yeah, got you. Yeah, Low, right. High. Yeah, the high has a high wing. Yeah, load. super high wing loading. Yeah. And so then, yeah, you can whip it around. The the wing takes on characteristics that make it more agile and faster and more f- exciting to fly it. But it, it, yeah, it's 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 really old technology. Okay. And um, ultimately, so so that Dominator is a classic paraglider design. It's a paraglider setup. It's not reflex. It's not. It's is, is that what allows him to fly during the, the midday heat? No, in Utah. Or no. Whatever? No, because he's he's on the video flying like anybody can do it if he had a dominator. No, but because if you're if you're heavily loaded on a on a paraglider, mm-hmm. you're far less likely. The heavier loaded you are on a paraglider, the less, less likely, likely you are to, to take collapse. So this is my reason for the ridge soaring question. Why don't we ridge soar? We have more weight with the engine because our wings are a little bit different. No, because I I think it's because so, um, it, if you're lightly loaded, which just because we're on paramotor wings doesn't mean that we're necessarily highly loaded on it. Because like, the wing takes account. You're still supposed yeah, to be within right, the weight range of, right. of the okay. glider. Um, but the reason the reason that you don't is just because if a reflex glider, the thing is, is if a reflex glider does take a collapse, it takes longer to recover than a classic paraglider, like the Dominator, for example. Or my SEMA K2. I have a SEMA. It's a paraglider that I've used for... Paramotoring. That's your old SEMA thing, right? Yeah, Cause, the Because you use an APCO uh, I got the easy, easy lift. lift yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this, I had the SEMA before that. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, dude, if you watch any paragliding video, you'll see five of them. Right. Right? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. So it's a paraglider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, okay. Yeah, and it's way different than the paramotor wing. Right, right, right. It, it like, it's more slidey. Is it? I think so. But is it like mushy in the controls? Like, do, does it feel, do you feel as connected to it? Like when you make an input on the SEMA, does it respond to you as well as when you're flying the APCO Easy Lift R? No, the Easy Lift is a better paramotor right. machine. I, well, the SEMA, I feel, will flat spin on me easy. Right. Right? Where like the, the other one kind of cups the air. And holds the air. Right. And so the other thing about like a paramotor and why you wouldn't want to fly it like midday in thermic conditions or or up towards a mountain is generally people who fly paramotors, if they're anything like me, 
Like, I find the most pleasure in flying a paramotor when I'm, like, right down next to the ground. All day. And some people are, like, very against that because, of course, granted, like, they say uh, altitude is life or, or some other... Altitude is boring. Altitude is very boring. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't like it. I don't like I, it I, I'd much rather be just, like, you know, in your dreams... I imagine most people who, when they're dreaming about flying, they're like going between the trees and mm -hmm. kind of just like, you know, like they have this superpower. Um, so ultimately, yeah. But, but if you were to take a collapse at a low altitude, you are. You're in. Yeah. Effed. Yeah, you're going so, in. So, so that's why, like, I think there's such an emphasis on respecting the win the time windows. It's kind of like, could you fly a paramotor midday? Yeah, yeah, sure. But you're a lot more likely to take a collapse whether you're on a paraglider or whether you're on a paramotoring paraglider. Do the paragliders follow the same time constraints as we do? Or they'll fly the all paragliders? day? Yeah. No, yeah, they, they, it depends on their skill level. Like they still are, are constrained to, to certain conditions. And during certain times of the year, like here in the winter time, if they have like a, a relatively steady um, uh, breeze uh, that's in the perfect direction, man, I'm like, I, I, I despise, I think paragliding is great, but I also despise it. Like I don't have the patience for that. Like right. paramotoring allows me to go fly whenever I want. But um, yeah, it, if somebody's like incredibly skilled, and for those of you who haven't seen like the Red Bull X Alps videos on YouTube, phenomenal like skills. Those sorts of people are flying way outside of boundaries that right. they should ever be, that anybody else should be flying in. Right. But yeah, so paragliders, in order to, to actually accomplish flying, they have to get outside of these windows usually. Right. So. So, so is it safe for us to venture? I guess you're saying pilot skill. That's what it comes down to. So a second ago, before I put thought to it, I thought we were overweight in the parachutes, but of course the parachutes make allotments for the engine. So that's a dumb statement. Right, because I was thinking we're, well, we're more weight. In the weight. They've, yeah, so yeah. if you're flying your, if you're paragliding your paramotor wing, you're underloading it. Uh, probably, I mean, not for me necessarily because I overload my gliders. Okay. Um, and the reason that I overload my gliders is because I I do keep myself within those windows of of flying, like, and I'm very strict with the conditions because. Essentially, if, if you, if, if for those people who want to get into flying paramotors, um, and they're like, how do I do it? Cause remember like the beginning of this conversation, it was talked about this fear and it's like, okay, well, what's the fear of the fear is of death or I mean, usually injury, it's, it's, yeah. it's death or some serious injury. Well, how do you avoid that? Um, well, you can do a really good job at avoiding that if you if you fly when you eliminate the variable of the, mm -hmm. of the weather, just like base jumping. If you fly. If you fly during the middle of the day, the, the problem isn't what the forecast tells you. The problem is, is the things that kick up that aren't forecasted, right. like thermals. Like you just don't know if, if some invisible them. column, right, exactly. This invisible column of rising air, a strong one is going to come in and just ruin your day or end your life. Right. Kyle Og Ogley or OG? Yeah, yeah, Ogley. Ogley put it best, dude. Like I could kind of understand thermals, but heat man he said it's like a bubble 
It is, yeah. It's like a bubble of hot air that's just rising up. And that's what they say, column. Yeah. Because yeah. that bubble's going up behind it. It leaves a wake of, of spinning air. Yeah. It's rising. There's falling air. Yeah. And that's just a thermal you can't see. At the core of it. Yeah. At the core yeah. of it, it's the rising air. But it all starts with a bubble that heats on the ground. Very similar to like when you put a pot of water on your stove. And you see the bubble. It starts to form a bubble. Ooh. Now, these bubbles are, are big. Like they could be maybe like 100 or, or, or 150 feet wide maybe 50 feet. It depends on the size of them. They, they vary, but you can't see them. But then all of a sudden, some sort of thing will come along and release this bubble that starts this column of rising air. So for example, it could be, uh, and also contrast on the ground. So like darker patches mm -hmm. heat up faster than lighter patches. So if you were to drive over, uh, or if you were flying along on your paramotor and you fly over like late in the day, a parking lot, and it's, and it's like, uh, let's say an inactive parking lot, but there may be a bubble, a big bubble of, of heated air um, pooling over that parking lot. But as soon as a, a, a semi-truck comes and pulls through the parking lot, it disrupts the air and all of a sudden releases it up into the sky. Wow. And then that, that thermal doesn't just stay there, really. They can, they can take on, uh, they can move along the ground and they can bend. They're not necessarily going straight up, they can bend. And, and once again, these are things that you just simply don't see. Like if you, if you were to watch like on a hot summer day, one big thing you'll see is like dust devils. Those dust devils don't just stay there. They're moving along mm -hmm. the desert. And same thing with the thermal. The thermals um, are, are less aggressive than, than dust devils. They're less sharp. Oh, yeah. Dust devils. Are... D a dust devil will rip you out of the sky. Dust, just like yeah. skydiving, I dust think. Dust devil will break your neck when landing. Yeah. I've yeah. seen Brent, shout out to Brandon Chenard, man. It happened to my buddy in Dallas. Come, I mean, and he's a beast swooper, badass pilot. Coming on final, Dust Devil picked him up, spun him up, and slammed him into the ground, mm. son. Yeah. I've seen uh, a couple tandems in San Marcos, bro. You were out there. That ground's all crazy. Yeah. Tandems coming across the ground and like full wing collapses. Right. Like it's not, dude, midday jumping sucks. You can do it, Scott, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it yeah. still sucks. Yeah, you feel it. Midday sucks. Yeah, you feel it, but you have the so so for me. I, I come from a very conservative background, being that like I'm I'm aware of the risk of of what the paraglider does. So it it, it took some getting used to feeling those those sharp thermals on the on the skydiving mm -hmm. the parachute. But um, yeah, I trust in it. I yeah. trust in it. How okay. <laughs> How was okay? Your first skydive mm. wasn't that tandem that I was with you, was it? it yeah, it was. Yeah, that, that was, was my first that was my very first jump. You were there for it. Yeah, that's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, the jump is by shooting Oakland or some shit. What's it called oh, in your video? Yeah, yeah, some some sort of clickbaity shit. <laughs> <laughs> they got so bad about that video. Yeah, yeah, that was that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So first solo was in San Marcos. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I had to go to, to San Marcos, do another tandem. You're supposed to do two, but they yeah. gave me the credit for the one I did here. Right. And then I did my first solo, yeah, out, out there with oh gosh. Uh Nick. Some some no 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 some some new guy, really cool guy. Gosh, I, I connected with him on social media. Can't remember his name. Went on it's to fucked up. I know, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Goddamn skydiving instructor, man. I'm a fool. But yeah, no, that first jump, and it's crazy because I came I came here to the tunnel with Jared to go like learn all the stuff. But it is kind of crazy when you end up jumping out of the plane. It's like granted, I never failed anything. So that's my that's my one 
bit of bragging right. on, on this podcast is that I, I, I didn't have to repeat any of the courses because he trained with me. That's so. right. No, no, seriously. It was so, it was so helpful. And oh, like, I know. Oh, I know. It, yeah. Yeah. Super, super, super helpful coming to the tunnel. Um, just to trust in yourself, to know that you can control your body, fly your body, as you say. Yo, so the feeling of that parachute falling with no engine to take you back around, like, cause oh. I came up in the skydiving, so I'm used to, you have one shot at it. Motor right? out, yeah. yeah. You're motor like motor out, out, every, motor time. out every time. You came from the other way where you don't like it, you go back around, you're used to being able to, so that one shot feeling, what is that like? What did it feel like for you? Okay, this is where I don't want the IRS to listen to me, but I, I wrote off some of my skydiving training. Okay. Hopefully, I'm not going to get in trouble for this one. No, I, I, but, no but, one's listening. But, but legitimately, no. I mean, because in skydiving, you're like forced to, to practice a motor out basically every single time. Mm -hmm. It's my justification. Like, it, it makes me a better paramotor pilot. Even though our glide slopes are different, like right. a, a glide slope on a on a parachute is much more aggressive. Right. It, like what? One to two? Or like yeah, a... Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like, one, like... Yeah, yeah. We're ten to one, nine to one? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Maybe like eight. I think sometimes the manufacturers stretch it to try and make them seem more efficient. So that means for every... Foot vertical. Yep. We go eight feet horizontally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These things do not come down, people. Yeah, I mean, well, they do, and but but the longer, the the better the glide slope of of whatever it is that you're piloting, the harder it is to predict. Oh yeah. So like pilots flying an airplane have several advantages over us because they have pitch control. We don't have pitch control. It's kind of like our pitch control in, in the in the absence of having pitch control, we have to turn and change our course right. to like try and turn back at just the right time to get to that spot just at the right altitude. Right. So um yeah, it's pretty confusing. But but the benefit is is because I've been flying paramotors for so long, I inevitably had a lot of motor outs along the way because also because I suck at motor maintenance mm -hmm. um, or just <laughs> monitoring my damn fuel level. Right. Um, oh, God. Or you, you know, you get out there and you're having such a good time that you just How don't many times have, you ran out of fuel? Probably, well, ran out of fuel maybe like four or five times or something like that. Maybe ten. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> How many motor outs? Probably like ten. 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 Well, what, what, what fuel? What else have you had? Fuel spark plug. Uh -huh. um, uh, spark I had a, plug went bad, or it no, just came no, there, no. I've got a video. On, I happen to be filming it. Went, went on this camping trip out to Kilburn Hole, fantastic place out here in the middle of nowhere, a volcano six miles wide. And I go out there for a camping trip with a couple of the of the other uh, paramotor guys. And uh, I take off. I'm I'm climbing out, and all of a sudden it just goes. I'm like I'm like two thousand feet up, and I go. It, the the motor just goes boom. And I'm like, oh shit! And uh, and so, um, fortunately, like I, I I like nailed my landing like right next to the RV. Um, but the the spark plug, so the, there was a faulty cylinder head uh, where where the 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 threading for the where you screw the the spark plug in mm -hmm. was weak or something like that and it just the pressure of it blew the spark plug out and made a huge explosion. Leandra, my wife, was filming it from the ground and you could hear it. I was really far away and it, and, and she's just recording like just happened to pick up the camera and record me flying around <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh and then you're boom like all out in the distance. And so yeah with thankfully I had that glide ratio that mm -hmm. the you glide slope for, for right. a paraglider but um 
yeah, that was one of them. And then also, like, if I was wearing a hoodie one day and, and the older designs on the Maverick, mm -hmm. um, so don't fly with a hoodie I know, with yours. Yeah. Because it can cover, not because of the propeller. I mean, obviously, no, yeah, that's a concern. cover the airbox. Exactly. Like so boy. it suffocated the engine. And you know what? Um, somebody on one of Trevor Gott's, one of his friends, had the same problem. And they Tucker came Gott? back. Tucker Gott, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, it's been a while since. <laughs> uh, but one of his friends, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And they figured it was the hoodie went over the airbox. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the hoodie could get back there. Yeah, yeah. And with the with the modern airbox, so like yours is interchangeable. You could get the new airbox if you wanted to fly with a hoodie. Um, I don't think that I could get it back there on mine. We essentially have the same exact motor. They just swapped out the airboxes, mm -hmm. made it a little more difficult for something to get under there and suffocate the engine. Um, oh, it went under. It. Yeah, yeah. It went. It just went under and plugged it. Yeah, that's it. Basically. Okay, I thought it was covering it. I was like, how did it get over all yeah. that? No, I yeah. can see how we can get under it. But really, like the number one thing with with a motor out is going to be the number one thing that causes a motor out in, in paramotoring is probably the carburetor. Because once right. again, we go back to flying these, we don't have EFI or electronic fuel injection on paramotors, which is like what our cars have. When we go out to our cars in the morning and you go to start it up, you can count on it starting. When we start our paramotors, there, it, might, it might take a few pulls. Yeah. It's been sitting for a while. But also there's a lot of things like, so, so they, they will say that anybody who learns how to fly a paramotor eventually or inevitably becomes a mechanic. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. you have to learn like the, uh, the nuances or how to tinker with the motor just a little bit to, to keep it running. And so throughout the year, like your paramotor right now tuned for winter, if it's running right, mm -hmm. it won't be running right once it starts to warm up because our molecular density changes. So the, the engine will be taking in more air than it's, than it needs come no wait. Uh, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm not the motor guy. Yeah, Matt is the motor guy. Matt, if you're in the Matt. comments. <laughs> Matt, Matt, whatever it is, whatever it is. Yeah, you got to change. Wait, I think it's less fuel in the winter because the air is thicker, more more. Fuel so you need the correct the, ratio. Yeah, whatever so like, it is. There's more air in the winter time, so then you need more fuel to be to to match it. And then okay. in the summertime, with the less air, you need less, less fuel. fuel. Otherwise, it's like flooding. Right, right, exactly. Fucking crazy shit, man. Right. Ugh. I can't wait for the day when paramotors are, like, you, you know, more user-friendly. The electric ones. Oh, yeah, As yeah, yeah. Come. Like the SP-150, I think it's called. Oh. Yeah, the SP-150 or SP-140. Oh, bye, face. <laughs> Later, Facebook. The whole show will be up in a week or two. This week uh, was Skydive um, SDC Matrix out of Chicago. Monday will be TJ Langren. The week after that is Dusty Shaw. Then we'll look for Anthony Bella and whoever else I can you? get. Support us at Patreon. Wazzy Circus Radio at Patreon. Hit us up. Hey, come see me at iFly El Paso. Yo, I got them hours for cheap, baby boy. Come holler at me. You want to learn how to sit fly? I got you. You need that head down? I got you. Layouts. Dynamic. I'm just fucking with you. All right, y'all. Have a good night. Uh, check out Anthony Vela, West Texas Paramotor, and come see me. If you sign up for his class, I got 10 minutes of free tunnel time. I'm just, Woo! I'm just kidding. I'm just, I didn't say that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. I'm just kidding. The ground's shaking. I can hey, feel hey, them coming. Y'all go watch us fly. <laughs> Love. I fly El Paso. Anthony Vela. All right. So, um... What were we saying before we said goodbye? I had a question for you. Just as cool, huh? but you have a you have a podcast. Yeah, a man. Motor podcast.
Yeah. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah, I was just saying how like I, I want to get back into it. Um, I just sent out a microphone to to somebody in in Michigan, I think. Well, man, I don't remember. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I'll be recording with him. And, and funny story with that guy. Like he flew his paramotor. Once you get a paramotor, you want to like do all these fun things, and 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 things will tempt you with a paramotor because you can go anywhere and basically do anything. Yeah. And I mean, so ideally, you stay within the law to some extent. But he goes over to a high school when the school was like on a weekend, so it was closed. And he wants to fly through the goalpost. Uh-huh. Did you ever see that video? No. Guy flies into the goalpost. Oh, fuck it. And it takes the whole goalpost down. Oh, he, no. Is he, he like, okay? He, he, the funny thing, yeah, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is the glider that he was flying was my first glider. He bought it from Clint. And uh-huh. Clint bought it bought it from me. Well, he didn't buy it from me. It became his all of a sudden in one instance when he flew into my glider on the ground with his paramotor and the propeller like shredded it oh, to pieces. Right, right, right. And he got it fixed and then sold it. He got it fixed and sold don't it to buy that anything guy. From Clint yeah, yeah, man. You don't know where that's been. <laughs> don't buy a fucking yeah. thing with Clint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he flew into the post, dude. Yeah, yeah. He flew into the goalpost, like went down on the ground pretty hard and But he was okay. I mean, eventually he was okay. I think he had to do some like therapy and stuff oh, like that. Sucks. But but he's all good. He's back to flying. And and then he ended up buying a much more advanced wing from Clint. Uh, really, Fucking Clint. Clint, man. He'll, he'll, he'll get you. Oh, Clint tamales. <laughs> tamales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. So he got caught. Yeah, yeah. Was it on video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he got he, he filmed it on his own helmet camera, uh, uh-huh. and the guy flying behind him got the you uh, know the B roll or the the outside camera footage. That's that's some sketchy shit. Yeah, because you could sweep. I don't know about hitting the field goals, uh, depending, yeah. depending on how the bleachers were and all that. Well, his wingtip caught it. His wingtip caught just one of the uprights, and then it oh, just kind of threw him down uh-huh. into the ground. So like, yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, and the guy's older too. He's like fifty or shit. I don't. So you send mics to people so you can interview them? Yeah, man. So so like we we use we use a a, a program called TriCast. Mm-hmm. I can fill you all in about it, but basically it allows you to connect. You can throw use this microphone, have this crispy audio that you're getting right now, ladies yeah, yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then and then still, uh, you, ideally, you don't have to buy like a super expensive microphone. There are some like uh, more economical microphones that you can send out to guests who are in different locations so like you know shoot a message to pd be like hey do you guys want to uh do an interview do do an interview for just like an hour they're most likely going to be like hell yeah and so that's how basically i started my podcast was was first it was just the local guys shooting the shit basically and uh and then and then uh, people found it entertaining to hear losers talking on the microphone that that ultimately like manufacturers like the biggest names in the sport, like Parajet, speaking with Jilo Cardozo, who's the owner who flew with to Mount Everest with Bear Grylls, oh, wow. and hearing right. about those experiences, or Dudek paragliders, like the nicest paragliding manufacturer, or people who do like these insane feats, like flying to twenty three thousand feet above the ground on their paramotor, or six thousand miles distance, and we we had all these people. One guy. The guy who flew 6,000 miles actually flew from San Diego all the way to El Paso, Texas on his paramotor during during his adventure, stopped at our field that we fly from, 
came to the house, recorded a podcast, and then continued on his way for the 6,000-mile paramotor oh, adventure. no way, dude. Yeah, man. Crazy stuff. Recorded with a guy who flew into a power line and got electrocuted. Like, a, a ton of fun stuff. Yeah, so, so cool. we're able to do that. We, we've been able to have, like, these cool conversations because uh, because we're able to reach out to people from abroad, just like with you. Like, when you get these skydivers coming in here, fortunately, they, you know, they want to come to the tunnel and get some time. Um, but so it kind of brings them to, to you, but for us, like, yeah, yeah. If I didn't have this, it, it was, it was tough in Austin. It was a little easier. No, no, no. It was actually tougher in Austin to tell you the truth. It was just locals and stuff here. I got right. people coming from all over the world. Right. 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 Because you and guys like, got such good prices. Them, yeah. They're bringing them to, to me. So right. Fuck, and you're here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I came all the way. I, I, I flew my paramotor 6,000 miles to get here today, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on, man. Hey, we're going to wrap this up. Anthony Vela, dude. Um, dude, okay. So, we're thinking about coming to El Paso, and I'm stalking every El Paso paramotor video. Yeah. Cool. I see you guys are taking off from that field, and you're doing silly shit over there. So, I find the field on Google Maps, <laughs> like satellite picture, <laughs> and then I go out there to go fly one day. Yeah. And I forgot my helmet. And I was like, fuck, I was about to leave. And then you walked by. It was fucking cool. And I offered you my helmet. And you did offer me the helmet. And I was like, <laughs> fuck that. Because uh, I didn't know if the Fresh Breeze was going to get off the ground anyway. It probably right? would And I know. <laughs> but, and then eventually, hanging out with you, going to your school, I buy the Maverick. Yeah. And now I just I can take off at will. It's super fun. Yeah, yeah, Fly yeah. with Matt. You guys got the whole crew. There's like nine guys out here. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even more if if you count the Las Cruces crew, like Matt, yeah, like Matt and, and all those Steve guys. Jensen, and what a fucking Lee magic place, dude! It is. It's, it's phenomenal. Like a, I want to keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people come here because because the airspace. It's like so freeing. You don't have dude. to worry. Like you can go anywhere. Um, and you can even you can even maybe go a little bit to the places you're not supposed to go because nobody knows the rules. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Follow your rules. Part 103. Follow FAR 103. Hey, guys. Body Circus Radio. Check us out. YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, Anthony Vela, give him your Instagram. Give him all your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. You can find me on Facebook or on Instagram. You can find me at Anthony K. Vela. Spell it. V is in Victor. E-L-L-A. So next time, keep your head on the swivel and hook that shit, baby. Thank you for having me. What time is it? Did I get you out of the hotel? Oh, man.